This, this is a test, test of the Boogie Down production prevention against, against suck MCs. In the event of a real emergency, you would have been instructed on which jams to play and how loud to blast your radio. And now, a word from our sponsor. So it's music you want. Well, by God, it's music you'll get. Then. You know why I do these things? Because I'm a musical guy. I'm a music. Besides being a balloon fellow, I'm also... A musical guy. I love music. I'm musical. See, I use that adjective for myself. I'm I'm musical. I'm not musically talented. That's different. That's a distinction that's made. The distinction that's made usually by people who are musically talented. You've heard them. They'll say, is he talented? They'll say, oh, no. He's musical. That's me. I'm musical. It means if you hit me in the head with a pipe, I make a noise. Oh, God. Did you eat all this acid? I'm, I'm not drunk, all right? I just have a speech impediment. <laughs> the Jedi mind tricks. Watch. It's on your daddy's wrist when he was shot down over that Hanoi. Oh, that's brutal. He was captured from that Vietnamese prison camp. He knew that if the gooks never saw the watch, he'd confiscate it, take it away. That's the rumor. The way your dad looked at it, this watch was your birthright. Be damned, damned if any slope's gonna put the damned if we see our hands on his boy's birthright. So he hid it. In one place he knew he could hide something. His ass, ass, ass. His ass. Holy dog shit! Five long years he wore this watch. Up his ass. And he died of dysentery. He gave me the watch. I hid this uncomfortable hunk of metal up my ass. Two years. How'd you do that? It's amazing. <laughs> and after seven years, I was sent home. You can take me, but you cannot take my bunghole. <laughs> For I have no bunghole. <laughs> I am the great Cornholio. <laughs> you guys are Nazis, man! You're freaking Nazis! <laughs> you take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. So what's the problem? I don't know. Skin that smoke wagon and see what happens. So was you in lockup or cut someone up with a hatchet or something? I ain't never used no hatchet that I remember. Mm. I'll swallow your soul! I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. Look over here. Excuse me. Party. The pants. With pants. Party with pants. Brick, are you saying that there's a party in your pants and that I'm invited? Look over here. That's it. Did Brian tell you to say this, Brian? Yes. Okay. No, I don't want to go to a party in your pants. Very well. Ian, would you like to uh, party in my pants? No, good. All right. Let's go. What kind of rat bastard psychotic would play that song right now at this moment? Oh, this sucks. It really, really sucks. Wagmire, what are you doing here? Oh, it's conjugal visit day. You know I love doing a woman in the can. Can. Oh, giggity, 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 goo. Love, Jay and Silent Bob. War's over, man. Let me drop the big What? Over? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. Was it over when the Germans, Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Germans? 
Gaddity's rolling. It ain't over now. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Who's with me? Let's go. Come on. No, no, I don't know. You said How do I know? You said I'm funny. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Ni hao. Konnichiwa. Bonjour. Hola. Shalom. Hotep. And ciao. You found them. You've done found the rooster tracks. And boy, oh boy, am I happy that you're listening to my voice right now. And I am truly grateful that you have made the conscious decision to listen to me. And this really cheesy Ed Sullivan impersonation. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Hopefully making you giggle just a little bit by putting a big old hurting on your funny bone. Maybe even open your eyeballs up to the world around you. And all them shady suckers hiding in it. And so without any more blah, 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 Here's some music for you. Oh, Red went and bought himself a monkey. Got him from a pawn shop broker. He taught that monkey how to guzzle beer. And he taught him how to play stud poker. Last night they were gambling in the kitchen The monkey, he was taking a beat The monkey said, Red, I'm gonna shoot you dead Because I know darn well you've been a cheat Well, run, Red, run, cause he's got your gun And he's aiming it at your head Boogity, 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 boogity Run, Red, run, cause he's got your gun And he's aiming it at your head Boogity You better get up and well, you better move your tail Started to move like a P-80 Saber J. He zoomed around the corner and he disappeared. And everybody started to bang. The race was on, you know the chase was on. And Red, he sure could run. But let me tell you, sport, don't sell that monkey short. Cause he's a traveling son of a gun. Well, uh, run, Red, run, cause he's got your gun. And he's aiming it at your head. Lot. 
down along the avenue. The monkey said, Red, you made a man out of me. Now I'm gonna make a monkey out of you. Give me your car keys and give me your watch. Give them to me or I'll shoot. I'm gonna put on your brand new Stetson hat and go to town in your new brown suit. Well, uh, run, Red, run, cause he's got your gun. Then he grabbed her, and, and then, then he tied her up, and then he turned on the bus, so, and, and then, and then, and then a long day Give me the deed to your ranch, I'll blow you all to bits. And then he grabbed her, and then he tied her up, and then he lit the fuse to the dynamite, and then, and then, and then a long game jump.
listen to the music of Freddie Rich and his orchestra. Billy Gray is Little Matilda. Mel Blank is the famous Leon Schlesinger cartoon character Bugs Bunny. Tonight's guest, Metro-Golden-Mayer star of the best foot forward, Mr. Seal Ball, and starring Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. Why, what kept you this time? Oh, I was waiting for a new letter carrier, Abbott. Yes? Yeah, and it turned out to be a dame. Boy, did I have trouble with her. And what kind of trouble? She tried to kiss me. Yeah, she kept right out kissing me on the eyes, on the nose, on the chin. Wait a minute. Why didn't she kiss you on the lips? Well, she's new at the post office, and she can't find the right zone. The right zone. <laughs> All right, folks, step lively. Get a move on. Plenty of room on the second layer. Are uh, you going up? Yeah. What's up, Doc? What's cooking back up? Costello, look, it's Bugs Bunny. Hey, Bugs, what are you doing running an elevator? Well, I'm replacing a woman that's essential, Doc. Come on, stop wasting time. Get us up there. Okay, Doc, going up. Go up too fast for your pants, Joe? No, I always wear my pants at half mast. <laughs> Bugs, will you please let us out? Okay, Doc. Eight floor, chewing gum, chocolate bar, sweet cream, butter, T-bone steaks, and other picture postcards. Get off! And then run the single bottom. That was a bumpy start, and Costello broke fast. Rounding the hard way, pulling away. At the half, it's Costello cutting through the girdle department. Hey, he's into the back stretch. It's Costello by four, by six, and now a final drive down to home. It's Costello all the way. There's nothing between him and the nylon. He can't lose. He's across the finish line. And ladies and gentlemen, here is the winner, Miss Lucille Ball. What's your scared about Lucia Balls? Come on, you. Give me those stockings. Costello, take your hands off that girl. It is Lucille Ball. Yes, and you won't get the stockings by wrestling with me. Who wants stockings? <laughs> Miss, uh, Miss Ball, I'd like to apologize for this uh, unseemly conduct. I- I'm Bud Abbott. Oh, how do you do, Mr. Abbott? You're the organ grinder, aren't you? Yes. I, uh, no, no. <laughs> What makes you think I'm an organ grinder? Well, I thought I recognized that monkey with you. Now, wait a minute, kid. Who's the monkey? I mean, after all, I'll, 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 I'll... Unfinished speech. Costello. Costello. Costello, come here. Come here. Quiet. Now, you've got to play up to this ball if you want to get those nylons. Remember, you can catch more flies with sugar than you can with vinegar. Who wants flies? Uh, I ain't got enough points. Wait a minute. Uh, look, Miss Ball, it's very important for Costello to get those nylon stockings. Uh, my cue. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yes, and you don't need them, Seal. Who don't need them? Name me two good reasons. What are these two things I'm standing on? Chopped liver? Costello, <laughs> <laughs> just a little <laughs> Look, you better, you better let me take care of this. You know, Lou, after all, we understand things. Women are putty in my hand. Yeah, but who wants a handful of putty? Ah, <laughs> shut up. I'll have you know that I've got the savoir fair. You ain't even got coffee. Shut up. 
Hey, look, Lucille. Why, why won't you give me those nylons? Give you the nylons? You've got a lot of nerve. You're nothing but a cheap panhandler. You're not even a man. Oh, yeah? Oh, now, there's a great ad lib. <laughs> now, look at the sheet. That's all. Read what's on there. Well, I think I'll take the nylons home. So long, slug. See you in the slot machine. Well... You fix things fine, Costello. What are you going to do now? Well, I'm going to dash right out to Lucille Ball's house. Get those stockings and dash right back. Yes, but uh, what if she's putting them on? Pilot to navigator, cancel that last dash. <laughs> Satisfaction, baby. My work is known from town to town. 
the cleaner that I use We'll move through your house, baby, yes And we'll leave it just like new Yeah, it's called just Yeah, it's called just Yeah, it's called Mississippi 369 Yes, I'll get the satisfaction, baby My work is known from town to town Boy, I tell you, masses, those Pecker Pell commercials are really something, aren't they? You know, they are really messing with the male ego when they flash this beautiful woman laying seductively on a bed, talking directly to the man, and she wants him to take these pills. These pills that will make him a sexual dynamo. Okay, so they don't really use the word dynamo, but it is implied. And then again, they, they hit, hit the guy with the ego. If you have an erection lasting longer than four hours, that is a direct arrow into every man's ego. Yeah, that's right, because they know if they showed the reality of the woman pointing and laughing hysterically, yeah, I'm pretty sure, actually, I think that would be more likely to sell the pills. The same gorgeous woman pointing and laughing. That's sure to make the man run out and buy the pecker pill. Oh, uh-huh. 
Broadcasting Company delays the start of this program to bring you a special bulletin. From the NBC Newsroom in New York, a display of perfect teamwork by American ground and air forces has stalled the communist drive on the Chonan front. One dispatch says the North Koreans have suffered their first real thrashing of the invasion. And their push on Tajan with 50,000 troops has been halted, at least for the moment, at a point some 35 miles from Tajan. Keep tuned to your NBC station for the later news. It was back in 1942, I was a member of a good platoon. We were on maneuvers in Louisiana one night by the light of the moon. The captain told us to ford a river, that's how it all begun. We were knee-deep in the big muddy, the big fool says to push on. The sergeant said, sir, are you sure this is the best way back to the base? Sergeant, go on, I forded this river about a mile above this place. It'll be a little soggy, but just keep slogging, we'll soon be on dry ground. We were waist-deep in the big muddy, the big fool says to push on. Well, the sergeant said, sir, with all this equipment, no man will be able to swim. Sergeant, don't be a nervous Nelly, the captain said to him. All we need is a little 
Determination, men, follow me, I'll lead on. We were neck deep in the big muddy, the big fools has to push on. All at once, the moon clouded over, we heard a gurgling cry. A few seconds later, the captain's helmet was all that floated by. The sergeant said, turn around, men, I'm in charge from now on. And we just made it out of the big muddy with the captain dead and gone. We stripped and dived and found his body stuck in the old quicksand. I guess he didn't know that the water was deeper than the place he'd once before been. Another stream had joined the big muddy about a half mile from where we'd gone. We were lucky to escape from the big muddy when the big fool said to push on. Well, I'm not going to point any moral, I'll leave that for yourself. Maybe you're still walking, you're still talking, you'd like to keep your health. But every time I read the paper, them old feelings come on. We're waist deep in the big muddy, the big fool says to push on. Waist deep in the big muddy, the big fool says to push on. Waist deep in the big muddy, the big fool says to push on. Waist deep, neck deep, soon even a tall man will be over his head. Where waist deep in the big muddy, the big fool says to push on. This song was written by Mill Lampell, Lee Hayes, and yours truly, Peter Seeger, in the spring of 1941. That was the year that Henry Ford was being organized into the CIO. And Woody Guthrie had taught the three of us the old talking blues. You know, if you want to get to heaven, let me tell you what to do. Got to grease your feet in a little mutton stew. And I think Mill, it was, thought of paraphrasing that. And Lee added a verse, and I added a verse, and suddenly we had the song almost completed, except that we hadn't found any solution. We'd all we'd done is add up the problems that we hadn't found how to solve any of them. And about a month went by, and one day I was sitting up on the roof and realized that uh, there was only one solution to it. They all want to stick together. So I made two verses to end it off. None of them rhymed. And that's how the song Talking Union was born. Now you want higher wages, let me tell you what to do. Got to talk to the workers in the shop with you. You got to build you a union, got to make it strong. But if you all stick together, boys, it won't be long. You got shorter hours. Better working conditions. Vacations with pay, take your kids to the seashore. Cause it ain't quite that simple, so I better explain just why you got to ride on the union train. Cause if you wait for the boss to raise your pay, we'll all be waiting till judgment day. We'll all be buried. Gone to heaven. St. Peter will be the straw boss then, boys. Now you know you're underpaid, but the boss says you ain't. He speeds up the work till you're about to faint. You may be down and out, but you ain't beaten. Pass out a leaflet, call a meeting, talk it over. Speak your mind. Decide to do something about it. Cause the boss may persuade some poor damn fool to go to your meeting and act like a stool. 
But you can always tell a stool, though that's a fact. He's got a yellow streak running down his back. He doesn't have to stool, you know. He'll always make a good living on what he takes out of blind men's cups. Well, you got a union now. You're sitting pretty. Put some of the boys on the steering committee. The boss won't listen if one guy squawks, but he's got to listen if the union talks. He'd better. He'll be mighty lonely one of these days. Suppose he's working you so hard, it's just outrageous, paying you all starvation wages. You go to the boss, the boss would yell, before I raise your pay, I'd see you all in hell. Well, he's puffing a big cigar, feeling mighty slick, thinks he's got your union licked. He looks out the window and what does he see but a thousand pickets and they all agree, he's a bastard. Unfair. Slave driver. Betty beats his own wife. Now, boys, you come to the hardest time. The boss will try to bust your picket line. He'll call out the police, the National Guard, tell you it's a crime to have a union card. They'll raid your meeting, hit you on the head, call every one of you a goddamn red young patriotic. Moscow agents, bomb throwers, even the kids. Well, out in Detroit, here's what they found. Down in Pittsburgh, here's what they found. Down in Bethlehem, here's what they found. Out in Frisco, here's what they found. That if you don't let red baiting break you up, if you don't let stool pigeons break you up, if you don't let race hatred break you up, if you don't let vigilantes break you up, you'll win. What I mean, take it easy, but take it. Holy Mexican mole! You know, I had some mole the other night, and it was truly exceptional. Really good stuff. Had a nice touch of cinnamon in there. It was, it was a beautiful thing. Hey, masses, are you still with me? Or did I lose you there with the Korean War? I am going to talk a little bit about the Korean War right now. It began in 1950, and it lasted for three years. 17 countries squaring off against three. 17 countries squaring off against three. And for the 17, we'll just give them the nickname of the good guys. And for the three, we will give them the moniker of the baddies. Because their opinion differs from the goodies. And now with war, there's always speak of the winners and the losers. And up until recently, I believe there were no winners in war. But then my eyes had opened to see that yes, there are winners in war. These winners are the men that send the men to war. These winners are the men that profit from war. These are the men that have goals where war will help them accomplish these goals. Yes, there are winners in war. And there are the losers. The losers are everybody else. From the too stupid to know it soldier to the too stupid to know its supporter at home, there are losers. But the greatest losers of all in these 
great acts of stupidity are the dead that are left behind. Death count. Death count. Count the dead of the bad guys. And you will have well over 750,000 dead. Well, in meager comparison, the good guys, oh, only 178,000-ish dead. Jeez, I'm no mathematician, dude, but if you add those two up, I don't know, it looks to close like a million dead soldiers? And now for the truly appalling numbers of the civilian casualties created in that Korean War. Over 270,000 civilian casualties. 270,000 people that died that were truly innocent. Now, out of those 270,000 people that died, the civilian casualty ratio, they called it, out of those people, how many of them, I'm wondering, were good guys? And how many of them were farmers? And families of farmers? Because all of this warfare was taking place in a land of agriculture. Not industry, agriculture. We're talking farmers here. We're talking poor people here. And of course, as the norm in any war, poor people must die for war to succeed. July the 2nd, 1953 I was serving time for armed robbery At 4 o'clock in the morning I was sleeping in my cell I heard a whistle blow Then I heard somebody yell There's a ride going on Trouble started in cell block number five and spread like fire across the prison floor. I said, okay, boys, getting ready to run. Here come the warden with the Tommy gun. said come out with your hands up in the air if you don't stop this ride you all gonna get the chair scarface jones said it's too late to quit pass the dynamite cause the fuse is lit Never 
the 47th hour, the tear gas got our men. We're all back in our cells, but every now and then. Because it was, uh, you know, I don't know. It was the groups. It was the beginning of the hallway groups, what I call them. Because uh, while Perry Como and Kay Starr and Doris Day and Mitch Miller and Guy Mitchell and the Mills Brothers and Victor Mullen and Tony Martin and Frankie Lane and Ned Cole were singing in one realm, we had the Diamonds and the Drifters and uh, the Vocaleers and the Five Willows and the Flamingos and the Spaniels and the Orioles and the Crows and the Clovers <laughs> and the Sapphires and the Five Keys. And it went from there. But this was the original part before they really ripped off the black music when it was still wee 
Everybody could sing every part because your voice was cracking anyway, right? <laughs> yeah, you could do them all. Okay, Come on, oh shit, man, you're supposed to come in there, man. <laughs> you go down the alphabet singing girls' names in a row, you know, just to have subject matter for something. Arlene, my dear, I love you with my heart. Beatrice, my love, do it Clara, I'm a clown for you. Deirdre, Didi, 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 He was tough, man. Edith and Ethel, none of them had good romantic sounds to him. <laughs> Ethel. <laughs> no. I was always waiting until they got down to Yolanda, man. I was going to be ready. I had Yolanda and Zoe. I could never figure out anything for X. It was September. The leaves were gone. That's when our hearts knew that story untold. We were young lovers. Falling near the fountain of love.
You know who was else <laughs> You know who else was against war? Frank Zappa. Frank Zappa was anti-war. Masses ask me, dude, why do you say Frank Zappa? And I say masses. You just listen to Frank Zappa. Here's another little bit of trivia for you about the Korean War. The civilian casualties of the Korean War. 2.7 million plus civilians. Now get this all up in your gray matter. We're all pretty sure we know what a civilian is, yeah? Someone who's not toting a gun, not trying to kill another person. We'll just leave that as a civilian. Oh yeah, children too. Um, so 2.7 million dead civilians in Korea. I'm wondering how many of those civilians were of, here we go with the quotes again, the good guys civilians. How many good guys civilians died in the Korean War? Hmm, I'm gonna see if I can find that out. Well, I'm not seeming to find any information on how many civilian deaths on the good guys side, but I did find this little nugget that the US itself spent around 67 billion dollars on a three-year war 67 billion dollars and you know back in the 50s i bet you that bought a lot of guns a lot of bullets a lot of bombs i wonder how much of that 67 billion was spent on mental care for the good guys troops you know it's funny how they have it listed they have it listed as not civilian but non-hostile and how many non-hostile good guys they roughly figured died in the Korean War 2,800 ish hmm so this is just, I guess, going to prove that, well, not only are there no winners in war, but there is, um, wait, 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 let me restate that. There are winners and losers in war. The winners, the ones that don't have to fight in them and yet uh, make profit or gain off of war. Yeah, those guys are real winners. And let me tell you, looking back through just the history of the last hundred years, there's been a lot of winners in war. Now, let's flip that over. The losers in war, which by far has the majority. What are considered losers? Well, anybody that aren't the winners, huh? All right, masses. I guess I will hand the soapbox over... I'm done. I stepped down from my preachy little war sermon. But I do thank you for listening to this episode of Rooster Tracks. I hope you stick around for the next episode. And until then, I say unto you, masses, 
Assalamu alaikum. And remember, the best way to be good to yourself is to be good to others. Here is our star, Vincent Price. Ladies and gentlemen, the most priceless gift which a community can give its children is a fine education. Here in America, your parents have been able to take that education pretty well for granted. But that won't be true of the future unless we plan now to cope with the educational problems of the future. There are going to be lots of them, we know that for sure. Because of the increased birth rate during and since the war... An extra seven million children are going to be enrolling in our public schools. And the way things stand, our schools just aren't ready to handle them. The problem varies from district to district, but it's always a problem of shortages. In some localities, there aren't enough classrooms, and in others, not enough books and equipment. And overall, we're suffering from a shortage of teachers. In order to meet the challenge and make sure that our youngsters will get the education they deserve... We'll have to lay down an educational blueprint for the years ahead. Our local school boards are doing that right now, but they can't do it alone. They need everyone's efforts to build a stronger educational system. If you wish to help, simply contact your local school board. And for further information, write to the National Citizens Commission for the Public Schools, New York, New York. That's the National Citizens Commission for the Public Schools, New York, New York. Good citizens everywhere are helping, for they know that better schools make better communities. This is Vincent Price inviting you to join us again next week at this same time for another exciting adventure 